You're listening to a Clovis Hills podcast. You're about to hear from one of our teaching pastors. I want to encourage you, go download the Clovis Hills app where you can listen to sermons, you can give, you can do the growth group questions. They're on there too. And you can study God's word together. God bless you guys and go be the church. Hey, good morning, Clovis Hills. How we doing? All right. Hey, man, um, it has been... I am so grateful for uh, the people that pulled this thing off, the band, the tech people, all that. It, is, it has been awesome. Happy Easter to everyone. He is risen. That's right. He's risen. He's risen indeed. And uh, to those of you that are watching from all over the world, um, we have people, uh, last service from Japan and Germany and Africa, and we've got people in Australia watching right now. We actually had 215 Marines watching at Camp Pendleton. So, someone like got a big TV and brought them all in the room and they all celebrated Easter here. So hurrah to those guys. And uh, it has been really neat in the midst of um, all this social distancing and, and isolation that we celebrate the one who brings us together, right? And that, that's, that's an incredible thing. And it's been a huge blessing. I wanna encourage you right now, if you're watching, um, do, do us a favor, be the church right now. Take a screenshot and share it. Or if you're watching live on Facebook, hit share. The other thing I wanna encourage you to do, if you're new, if you've never like been part of the Clovis Hills experience, whether live in person or our online campus, is uh, if you go to our website, there's a live broadcast at the same time on our website, there's a little, little um, button that says connect card. Click that connect card, fill it out, and uh, we'd love to know that you visited us. We'd love to bless you. Um, it, it'd just, just be awesome if you did that. But man, um, it has been just an awesome time. Now, I, I have to be honest with you. I'm a little bummed that we didn't get to do our live drive-in service. For those of you who didn't, didn't know, we had a uh, service planned where um, we had checked with the County Board of Health where we live and everything, and they were all good on it. We were gonna uh, have a drive-in service. I was gonna preach. Uh, Mar was gonna lead worship from a flatbed truck trailer, and everyone was gonna drive in and we had it, it was gonna be broadcast on an FM radio station so that everyone could keep their windows up and stay properly socially distanced. Our church is on 40 acres here so we could park people, cars six feet apart. We had the whole thing down. The county was totally good with it last Wednesday when we talked to them. And then this Wednesday, we got an email from them and then a phone call saying, yeah, we changed our mind. So I was a little salty, to be honest. I was kind of bummed at first, and then I woke up Thursday morning just salty, just kind of angry. And uh, one of my kids, um, you know, that, because I always tell them, oh, you're ridiculously in charge of your attitude, you know, they started checking me on my attitude because I was just being a jerk. And then, um, you know, they just reminded me with a simple meme that, you know, it, it doesn't matter because here's the deal. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. Okay? So it is. I mean, that, that's what it is. So we just decided, you know what? Let's go. Let's do our live broadcast. And one of the things that we um, have kind of made a commitment to do is, as much as we can is that we do every service live. We don't pre, we try not to pre-record the services. We just go live because uh, every service has a different flavor. It's got a different group of people uh, watching. And I think, you know, the spirit moves differently with different people watching. And uh, it's, it's been a neat thing to see. We've also seen our services grow every week by like 150, every service. It just, our, the online presence is just exploding. And we're so grateful that you guys are with us. So, 
um, this morning, I thought because the world is changing and there's so much crazy stuff going on, we would read a passage that's familiar. It's just the old standard Easter passage out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And my friend Ron's going to read it. And I would love it if you're able to, if you could stand in honor of God's word and we'll read from the word of the Lord. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled the stone back and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Um, You know... I want to encourage you, if, if you're someone that likes to take notes or, or you, that helps you follow along well, I know there's a lot of distractions that go on as we watch this, but you can download the Clovis Hills app and the um, sermon notes are in there every week. And there's also a list of uh, Bible study questions that you could do with your family, you could do with your friends over Zoom, you could do it however you want uh, by yourself, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're all on there and it's always the passage that we're preaching on that week. So I, I encourage you to download that. But there's three things, if you're taking notes, that, that I, wanna, I want us to get out of this passage today that I, I think the Lord's trying to tell us. And number one is this, if you, if you want to write it down. Um, when we read this passage, the, the first thing we are, we are urged to believe, um, the, the angel, when, when Mary and Mary get to the tomb and Jesus isn't there, they're urged to believe. Look what it says in verse uh, five. It says, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. Let me read that again. Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. See, one of the great promises of scripture is is do not be afraid. Fear not, for I the Lord am with you. And you find it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. All all of it is is, is God saying, I am with you. It might get dark. It might get scary. It might get uncertain. But I am with you. And and, and we're, we're urged to believe right away. And here's the thing. You may be watching right now and you may have like a Maybe um, it's just your thing. You do church on Easter and you grew up doing it and you're like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, my, I, I, I was kind of born into Christianity and my grandma was a really great Christian or so-and-so in my family was a pastor or uh, my mom and dad are really strong Christians. And, um, and, and I understand that concept that you're kind of born into the faith, but here's what I want you to know. A borrowed faith has no power whatsoever. That, that until it becomes your own faith, if it's just something you got born into, there's, there's, no, there's no power in a borrowed faith. It, it has to become your own. 
And, and here, here's the thing. You don't even have to have a ton of faith. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, all you need is faith like a mustard seed. Faith really, really starts as this little itty bitty thing, this little gift that God's given you. And then God entrusts you with this little bit of faith. And maybe you were born into it. Maybe you just have always thought there was a God, whatever it was. You were given that little seed of faith and then he entrusts you with it to water it and to grow that faith the rest of your life. But it always starts small and you don't have to be Mother Teresa. You don't have to have the faith of Mother Teresa or the faith of Billy Graham or the faith of a pastor or a missionary, but you have to water the faith that God's given you. And see, something powerful happens when you're able to speak what you believe. I I want you to think think about that for a minute. Um, See, a friend of mine, He says it all the time. He says, the longest journey you'll ever take, the the longest trip you'll ever take is from, it's six inches from your head to your heart. It's probably 12 inches, actually. 12 inches from your head to your heart. And see, here's what that means with faith. You may intellectually go, yeah, I guess I'm a Christian. But it's never become something real to you. And I give you a, I give you a little exercise. If you just say the words, I believe, and then follow it with something that, that is heartfelt, that you really do believe, and, um, you know, it could be, it could be something, you know, whatever it is for you, but say it out loud. I believe, and then find, say, say something that is, is really heartfelt after that. You know, I, I might say something like, I believe that God knows my name. I believe that God loves me in spite of myself. I believe that the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. I'm kidding. I don't believe that, but I want it to happen. But here's the thing, when you, whenever you say I believe and you follow it with something heartfelt, you, it can't help but lift you up because here's what's happening, is you are taking something up here and moving it to here when you speak it out loud. This is why it says in the scriptures that if you believe in your heart and declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. There's something about speaking what you believe. This is why we come together as a church and this, this is what we do. And I, I just encourage, encourage you to have the courage to speak the thing you believe about Jesus because God somehow uses it to solidify it. See, we live in a world where we're taking in content all day long and it's influencing what we believe and who we are. And, and I want you to know some of it may be true, some of it may be half true, but I want you to know this, none of it is fully true unless it's from God, unless it's from the truth, Jesus. He says he's the truth, the way, the truth, the life. So here's the thing. We live in a world that is becoming quickly more and more secular. Taking God, taking the Bible, taking scripture out of the equation of life. Now, over a hundred years ago, there was a guy named G.K. Chesterton and he wrote these words and I thought they were profound. He said, when a man stops believing in God, he doesn't then believe in nothing. He believes anything. And what happens is when your relationship with God goes cold, you start believing everything else that you're taking in. 
and you start believing the lies that the world's telling you, you start focusing on things that aren't important, that have nothing to do with your eternity, that have nothing that they're temporary things. Um, they may be even fun things or good things, but they pull you away and, and you, be, you start believing anything. See, you've got to put your feet on firm ground. And I know right now we live in a world where it just feels like everything is changing. We don't know what's going to happen to the economy. We don't know if we're really going to get to start hanging out together in May. We don't know what's going to happen to the church. You may not know what's going to happen to your job. Some of you are seniors in high school. You don't know what's going to happen to your high school, the rest of your high school days, um, on and on. And some of you are like, I don't know how my kids are going to learn to read. I'm homeschooling them right now. And I think they just faxed a, or they just uh, scanned a picture of their middle finger to their teacher. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on right now. And the world feels incredibly like quicksand, like we're standing in quicksand. And the more we squirm, the more we sink. And if you feel that way, I, 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 I'm with you. But here's what I know. Jesus told a story. He said, the wise man built his house on the rock. The waves came up, the storms came, it didn't move because its foundation was immovable, unmovable. And then it said the fool built his house on sand. And when the waves come up, when the storms hit, it all erodes, it all washes away. See, here's the truth of the matter. You could be a Christian and you could be building your house on sand. You're, you're, the thing that is of most important to you, importance to you, it could be you know, a, a relationship, it could be a job, it could be um, your health, it, whatever it is, your, your, your body image, yourself, what, any of those things, your children, all of those things, those are all sinking sand. They all will go away. And this is why we feel that way right now because a lot of those things that are temporary that we build our life on are in question. And I want you this Easter to remember that Jesus is the rock, he's immovable. You build your life on him. And this, it doesn't mean you won't, what, you, you, there won't be storms. But what it means is you'll stand tall in the storm because your feet are planted firmly. See, that's what belief is. And it says in John 1.12, it says this. It says, but as many as received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. And, and he, here's what that means, is that um, for some of you, you, you know, there, there's several different groups of people watching right now. There's some of you that you, you're a faithful Christian, you've been following Jesus for years, and you're like, amen, that's good to know, it's good to remember. There's another group of you that at some point in your life, you had a, a really strong faith in Christ and whatever life happened or whatever it is, you've kind of wandered off the path and, and you're, you're starting to remember those days when you walked with Jesus. And I want you to know something. God is not mad at you. He loves you. He's just saying, come home. Well, come home. Welcome home. And then there's another group of you that you're like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know where I stand. I mean, I have like this intellectual, like, I think I'm a Christian, but it's never gone from here to here. Um, I, 
I, I have a friend and he always tells me, he said, you know, I grew up going to church and then one day I was working with this girl, I was a teenager and we were working together and I asked her, I said, how come you don't like go to parties and drink and sleep around and do stuff like that? And she said something that haunted me. She just said, well, Jesus Christ has made a difference in my life. That's why I don't do that anymore. And it haunted him because he said, you know, I went to church. I, I went, you know, I knew the, I knew the Bible stories. I knew things about God, but he's, ne and, and he, but I realized he had never made a difference in my life. And what had happened is he had never made that journey from his head to his heart. And in John 1, 12, it talks about receiving Jesus, but as many as received him into their heart, to those who believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will listen, I'll come in. He's speaking metaphorically. He stands at the door of your heart right now. Right now. And why would you ever put that off? See, the reason Jesus came is this, is, this, is because you and I, all of us are sinners. Everyone. Uh, it doesn't matter how good of a Christian they are or how good of a Christian you are or how good of a person you are. We're all sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says in the book of Romans um, that the wages of sin is death. That means eternal separation from God, spiritual separation from God. The wages of my sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through, through Christ Jesus. And here's what that means. Is that because I've sinned, because you've sinned, because everyone has sinned, we can't be with God in eternity. We've been separated from God for eternity. And what God knew is that we could never have a relationship with him because of the, that sin. And he sent Jesus to come and die in our place so that we would not have an eternal death. We would not be eternally separated from God. And, I, and I, I heard a story this morning in my quiet time. I thought it was such a great story. I just worked it into the sermon today. But here's the thing. There was a, a boy and his father and they were driving in the car and this boy had a severe allergy to bees. And um, a bee flew in through the car window and it was buzzing around the the. the the car and the little boy was freaking out because this little boy knew that if he was stung by this bee, he, I mean, he would go into anaphylactic shock. He would, you know, he could be dead within minutes and he's freaking out and he's screaming, dad, dad, it's a bee, it's a bee, it's a bee. And, and he's scared to death. And the, the dad's rolling down the windows, trying to get the bee out, but there's this whirlwind in there from the, all the windows being down and the bee can't get out. And the father, knowing the danger that this could take his son, he reached over and he grabbed the bee in his bare hand. He held it for a minute and the boy was at ease. And then he opened his hand again and the bee started flying around. The boy was freaking out. Yeah, dad, the bee, why'd you let go of it? Why'd you let go of it? He was scared to death. And the, the father finally said, son, son, that bee can never hurt you again. He held his hand out. I see the father had taken the sting from that bee. So that bee could never sting the boy. It could never take the boy. Guys, this is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And then when he resurrected, he opened his hand and proved it. He said, death is dead. You'll no, you can no longer be separated from God if you believe in me because I took the sting of death for, for you. This is what Easter is. So number two, the other thing we're commanded in this, in this story is we're commanded to go tell. 
It says in verse 7, it says, Then go quickly and tell, tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and, and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. See, this, this is why every Christian, we're, we're, our job is to tell people Jesus is risen. He, he's alive. He's changed my life. Whether he's changed your life a little or he's changed your life a lot, you, you just tell your story. As a matter of fact, right now, I would encourage some of you, share, share that. Share what you're listening to right now. Share your church service, all, all of that, and tell the world I belong to him. Yeah. See, that's why there's something powerful about saying, I, I, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's part of what baptism is. When you get baptized as an adult, the way Jesus did, you're telling the world, I'm with Jesus. So, number three is this. We're commanded to rejoice. Yes. He tells us to rejoice. Um, and I, in verse nine, I want to read it to you. Look, look what it says. This is when Jesus sees the disciples. The disciples see Jesus. It says, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him and they clasped his feet and they worshiped him. Now, first thing I want you to understand is um, these were Jewish men. No Jewish man in their right mind would worship another human being unless they believed it was God. They fell at his feet, began to worship Jesus because they knew he was the living God. And then Jesus says, he says in, our, in the NIV translation that I just read to you, he says, greetings. Now, that's not really the best uh, translation for that word. You know, when I think of greetings, it's not like Jesus showed up and was like, Hello, greetings, okay? That's not what that word means. See, the New Testament was written in Greek. And in the Greek language, the, the actual word they use is karete. And karete was like a traditional, it, it means literally rejoice. Like, I'm here! I mean, it's a party. That's why Easter at Clovis Hills will always be a party, even if there's only 10 of us in the room, amen? So listen. You know, it's always a party. Good Friday is typically is the day that we're, we're sad and it's, it's about his death on the cross. Saturday is the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath. That's when Jesus rested in the grave. And then Sunday is the day he rose and we celebrate. So we were commanded to, to, to rejoice. Um, I love in the old King James Version, instead of greetings, it says, all hail, right? Hail! I mean, you know, it's a cel celebration. So some of you are thinking, well, listen, pastor, have you watched the news? Have you seen the world we're living in right now? Do you know what I'm going through? How do I rejoice when I may lose my job, when I've lost my job, or I'm finding out my kids are on drugs, or my spouse doesn't like me, or I don't like my spouse, or I have a loved one that's sick right now how do you rejoice well sometimes rejoicing is, is 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 more a state of mind because no feeling you have is final yes. but what but what and it's true every every feeling will come and go good ones and bad ones our circumstances come and go but but rejoicing joy is something you hold on to through all of it and um, I love in the story, the Lord of the Rings um, trilogy, Sam is trying to encourage Frodo who wants to quit. 
He says, the ring is too heavy. I can't get it to Mordor. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And he reminds Fro- Frodo that all the great stories are filled with characters that didn't want to carry on, but somehow they found the strength and they carried on and they pushed through it. And then Frodo looks at Sam and he looks him in the eyes. And he says, but Sam, what do we have to hold on to? And Sam says something I, I, I love. He says, what do we have to hold on to? That, that there's good in this world and it's worth fighting for. That whatever you're going through right now, if you're a believer in Jesus, God has you. And you can fight through this. I want you to know that. You just need to know who you are in Jesus. See, um, there's a movie that came out years ago, Cinderella Man. And it's a, a true story about a guy named uh, James Braddock. Russell Crowe play, plays him. And he was a boxer during the Depression era. And um, he was kind of an up-and-comer, and they thought he was going to be world champion. And uh, because of some injuries and early-onset arthritis, he just uh, decided to quit for his health. And it's during the Great Depression, so um, right, right away he loses his notoriety and money, and he goes to be a worker on the docks in New Jersey. But because it's the Depression, he gets laid off, and um, now he's on public assistance, and he's got nothing left. And opportunity arose, and in spite of all his health issues, he just kind of decided to, to care for his family he was going to lean into fighting again. He started boxing and he started rising up the ranks very quickly in spite of his health issues. And he ended up getting a long shot, uh, just a shot to fight the world champion at the time, the German, Max Baer. And Max Baer, true story, was ferocious. He was a monster in the ring. Um, he had injured many of the people he had fought. And as a matter of fact, two of the fighters that had fought Max Baer in championship fights, Max Baer had killed. They had died in the ring fighting him. He was just an animal. And people were afraid for Braddock and they were worried about it. His family was worried about it. And when the fight arrives, when the big day arrives... His wife snuck into the bowels of the arena and she went and she found the room where he was preparing and she went through all the people and when she opened the doors, all the people were getting him ready and their eyes locked and she beelined straight to him and she grabbed him by the face and she, um, as she grabbed him by the face, she looked at him with, with kind of the, this intent love that only, only a loving wife could have and she says this to him, just boldly right into his eyes. She says, you remember who you are. You're the bulldog, bulldog of burden. You're the pride of New Jersey. You're everybody's hope and you're your kid's hero. And you're the champion of my heart. You're James Braddock. You see, that was the thing that gave him the courage to, to overcome. And here's what I want you to know. Sometimes you just need to be reminded of who you are. That if you are in Christ Jesus, you are an overcomer. That God has your life. And yeah, you may be entering a tough season, but God has you and you are his child. And he's never going to let go of you. And your life is planted on the rock. It's built on a rock. For some of you, you don't know where you stand. And you're looking at your life and you're like, what do I do? Jesus said, receive me. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. Let him in. 
I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe you've never done that before and you're watching right now and you sense Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. Why would you ever put that off? What, what do you have to do with your life that would be better than, than stepping into the life you were created to have by God? God made you for a purpose. He made you for something. Something greater than your plan for your life. And why would you put that off? So I'm, I'm gonna pray and I, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to invite Jesus to be Lord of, Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart, to have a relationship. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes wherever you're at, even if you're in your living room, wherever you are.